Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone faster than a jackrabbit on a hot, greasy griddle in the middle of August. Josh Hemo. Good. You got that. That was a mouthful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can do a lot with a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Show me later. All right. No, no, thank you. <laughs> so uh, thank you all again for joining us for our podcast where we watch classic SpongeBob episodes and find nice little life lessons for you to take home. And, you know, just revisit some wonderful childhood memories that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, thank you again. We're going to hop right into this episode. This week, we check out Season 1, Episode 15, Sleepy Time and Suds. So, Sleepy Time. It's nighttime in Bikini Bottom, and SpongeBob's getting ready for bed, and he takes off his shoes and stuff, and Gary's noodling around, and, of course, he goes to sleep, and he starts to dream. And the first thing that he's dreaming is that he comes together, like arms and bits and pieces of him, and then he hops into a car and he's racing down the street. And so he materializes a license because he realizes that he doesn't have a license to be racing this drag car down the street. And turns out he's so obsessed with his license that he crashes. And while he's flying through the air, Mrs. Puff takes away his license, but he also flies straight out of his little dream cloud. So he suddenly has this out-of-body experience, and he notices Gary's dream, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go visit his. Pops right into Gary's dream, and sure enough, we see Gary, who's suddenly very tall, well-educated, and very scholarly, and he's like, SpongeBob. He's like kind of offended that he's in his dream. SpongeBob's like, wow, you're so smart, and you can talk. And he's like, well, in a dream, I'm not limited by my physical body, so I can you know, do cool things. SpongeBob's just like super amazed at how smart Gary is. And, you know, after some poetry and stuff like that, he decides to leave. And on his way back to his dream cloud, he realizes, oh, Patrick's dreaming. So he starts to get a little little curious. He decides to drop into Patrick's dream. And sure enough, he hops into Patrick's dream and he starts showing off to Patrick, like, you can be huge, as tall as a skyscraper, and there's millions of me. But Patrick's just contently like sitting on his little robotic seahorse kitty ride. And SpongeBob's, you know what, I'm bored. And he just leaves. And as soon as he leaves, Patrick drops his very last quarter into the gutter and can't continue his little ride. And so he ends up going to Squidward's dream, where Squidward is performing for the royal court as Wolfgang Amadeus Tentacles. And he's playing his lovely clarinet for the king. And SpongeBob's, you know, kind of being a little disruptive and telling the king jokes. And it just causes Squidward to get so mad with rage that he breaks his clarinet in two and so in a bind Spongebob decides to turn himself into a clarinet and Squidward doesn't want to play him but then everyone starts chanting and he's like fine puts the clarinet to his mouth and the Spongebob clarinet lets out a lovely and he's like (laughs) like singing and it's disgusting (laughs) thank you Um, and Everyone is super enamored by the sound, even though it's kind of horrific. And they're all obsessing over this clarinet, and they're like, what a beautiful in- instrument. And he kind of causes like this little like Beatlesque coming to America like riot, and everyone tries to like chase him, and he runs out of Squidward's dream and ends up at Sandy's house, where 
he decides, I'm going to go into Sandy's dream. Pops right in, and sure enough, Sandy is skydiving. Very extreme type of dream. And SpongeBob's talking to her and ends up distracting her, causing her to slam straight into some clam manure and him straight through the ground and out of the dream. And so SpongeBob's like, I'm going to call it a night. But sure enough, he can see Mr. Krabs' house. And he's like, I have to check on Mr. Krabs' dream. Pops right in and he sees that it's a beautiful Candyland situation with a bunch of teenage female angst and obsession around him. And he realizes, oh, he's actually in Pearl's dream. And Pearl's like, oh, SpongeBob, you're just in time for the tea party. And SpongeBob's like, oh, uh, and he politely declines. So he hops over to Mr. Krabs' dream, which he is hoping is a little bit more robust. And it's a vast ocean. And he's laying on his back when he finally runs into Mr. Krabs, who is fishing for the famous Moby Dollar. And after catching it and helping Mr. Krabs, you know, secure it in his wallet net, SpongeBob's like, wow, Mr. Krabs is so great. And he lets go of the wallet net, thus allowing the dollar to escape. And so Mr. Krabs launches him straight out of this dream and says that he's fired, which ends up projecting SpongeBob straight through the dream into Plankton's dream. And Plankton is a giant and he's destroying everything in his dream, having tons of fun zapping people. And he's just about to crush Gary and SpongeBob swoops in and sure enough gets stepped on. But it turns out SpongeBob has turned himself into a tack, causing Plankton to deflate all the way down to normal size and then get crushed by the other people in his dream. So finally, he's like, SpongeBob's like, I'm tired of this. He leaves. He's like, I'm just going to go back to bed and he goes to his own dream cloud. And in his dream cloud, he's just about to go to sleep where he's woken up by everyone whose dreams he basically ruined all night. And they all tell him, you need to stay out of their dreams. They're already tired of you during the day. And then Patrick shows up and he says, hey, does anyone have a quarter? And that's the end of the of that act. It was very eventful. Lots of out-of-body experiences in this one. Basically, SpongeBob's equivalent to Inception before Inception. Exactly. It's another superpower, I think, that we've seen SpongeBob just dream like power. That he, yeah, he's dream hopping, out-of-body experience that he's just kind of like, he like looked at himself and he's like, whoa, is that me? And it was a little bit intense, a little scary. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really liked was if you catch it, he tells Gary when he's just about to go to bed, he, Gary puts his eyeballs in SpongeBob's socks and he's like, oh, remember curiosity salted the snail, which is like, you know, curiosity killed the cat. But then he also tells SpongeBob, he's like, mind your wandering eye, you little mollusk. (laughs) And then when SpongeBob has this whole interaction with Gary in his dream, he's like, mind your wandering eye, you little peripherian, which I found out from the fun facts is actually a, the scientific name for a sponge. Interesting. So then it had a nice little like duality. He's like telling Gary, don't be curious. But then Gary's telling him the same thing. And the whole episode is him being curious about other people's stuff. Getting into trouble. Kinda, yeah, getting into trouble. And then uh, I guess some other little fun facts. The SpongeBob is the first time you ever see him with like a license. And you also see Mr. Krabs's license. And some people did some comparisons online. And if at the time of the show coming out, SpongeBob would have been 13 years old and Mr. <laughs> Krabs 57 years old Holy crap. on the day this episode premiered. So maybe that's why Mr. Krabs hired him because technically that's child labor. Oh. So, <laughs> so people are saying, well, maybe that's why Mr. Krabs has hired him because it's cheaper to have him there. Maybe. What's so the what's the life of a sea sponge? I have lifespan. no idea. So you got to figure out. Say- 
but they were saying if child labor laws are the same as they were in America, as they were in Bikini Bottom, then pretty illegal what SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs are doing, which I don't put it above Mr. Krabs. 100% not. I wouldn't think that he would be above child labor. No, I don't think he Especially would. Especially someone so eager with Sponge, as SpongeBob. Well, it's kind of like that weird mix. Like, do you want, you want to foster that type of work ethic in people? So but it's also, you can't take advantage of children. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a weird mix because I think if I was younger and you were like, "Hey, come work at this place and you can get money," I'd be like, "Hell oh, yeah. yeah, sign me up." <laughs> and then one other small thing that I really enjoyed because I'm a Back to the Future fan, uh, when Sandy crashes into the truck of clam manure at the end of her dream, it they a lot of people think it's a reference to Back to the Future and how Biff always crashes into a truck of manure. So it's, nice. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's I'm good. a Back to the Future fan. Fair. A lot of little fun facts, but those were my favorite. Yeah. I liked Sandy's dream a lot. She's like, Why is that? Uh, just that whole, before she falls into the clam manure, she's like, you got to put out your parachute. And SpongeBob's like, okay, parachutes. And she's like, no, not parachutes. Para-. And then he tries doing parakeet. She's like, no, not a parakeet. Para. And then Slans are like, paramedic. It's like, that's pretty funny. That's why I like. Um... Rule of three. Oh, yeah. That is a nice little, like, yeah. <laughs> please explain this rule of three to us non-comedy Humor people. comes in three. Oh, does it? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just know that's the rule? Yeah, just rule of three. Everything comes in threes. Oh, God. Does that mean we're not funny because there's only two of us? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of f***ed up that even in SpongeBob's dream, he can't have a driver's license. Well, I was wondering, is, like, is Mrs. Puff also dream hopping? Like, did she hop into his dream in order to get rid of that license? I don't know. I think that's just an obsessive quality of her. I wouldn't. I don't think Miss, uh, Mrs. Puff is a dedicated teacher, but I don't think she's that dedicated. Oh, maybe. Also, she hasn't exhibited any godlike powers like SpongeBob. That's true. That's fair. Not yet. We'll see. Not yet. Well, it may be in the future. <laughs> okay, so I have a very important question. So if you're about to do your driver's license picture for the first time, do you do mustache or no mustache? No mustache. Well, the first time you're 16, I mean, good luck growing a good full mustache at 16. But Okay, what about if you're renewing your license or something? You uh, need like a new one. No, no mustache. No mustache? Yeah. Because I want to I, like- I look younger in my ID, so that way if I give it to someone, I automatically look older if I have a mustache. Got it. Yeah. But Josh, you know you're 21 now, right? You don't have to like... 25, but well, yes. I know you're actually 25. <laughs> you're over 21. So you don't have to like worry about people like IDing you. No, but it doesn't. You're not, you're not trying to you, fool anybody. It, it, but it's the worst having an Arizona license when they spend like four minutes looking at your ID, trying to find the ID, like date, and then trying to like decipher why our expiration date is so long. So if they just look at it and be like, "All right, he looks old enough now." That's why I, I carry two IDs for that exact reason. Yeah. What do you think? One of my favorite parts of this episode is the the limerick. That there once was a man from Peru yeah. who dreamed he was eating his shoe. <laughs> he woke with a fright in the middle of the night to find that his dream had come true. I love that. As soon as like I heard that, I like in school, I was like, "Yeah, I know a limerick." <laughs> Let me lay, lay down some sick beats with this limerick. <laughs> and then anytime we were like in class and they're like, "We're gonna learn about limericks or whatever," like I know, and I got this. I feel like I got one. I got one <laughs> whole one. It's good. I actually really liked. You know, all the dreams. It touched on Sandy's, but every one of the dreams is really cool because it touches on the character a little bit mm-hmm. more of each of the people. So we see that, um, 
because we already had the sense that Gary is kind of smart or kind of coaches SpongeBob a little bit through life. Mm-hmm. But it might be like mangy or whatever. Like we also get the sense that he's ugly. But he's got them street smarts because he's, he's got like a mangy smart. cat. Yeah. So like, but he's just he is just very intelligent. Like in his dream, you can see that. You just see how simple of a person Patrick is in his dream. And then everyone else, like you get a really good sense of who they are deep down, which is cool. It's cool that they did that. I really liked it. I tried to break down exactly what every single character um, kind of their, what their dream kind of possessed. Because they, they say that like, you know, dreams are like our subconscious, right? Yeah. Talking to us. And here's some like interesting stuff. So like with Sandy's dream, I just see hers like her like in a, like a thrill seeker so that she's that's like what her subconscious is trying to do is always like push her limits. And then with Squidward's, it's like definitely fame. He's like always chasing fame. Yeah. The one and like, you know, Plankton was power. Mr. Krabs is money. Cause that's pretty straightforward. And Gary's that you touched on it is like knowledge. But the one that made me the saddest was Pearl. Cause even in her dream, she doesn't have friends. No, she has a bunch of stuffed animals. She's like all alone. And it's kind of funny cause she is supposed to be like, well, she went to prom. She'd be like 17, 18 years old. Right. Yeah. And she's still hanging out, like doing tea parties in this like mushy little girl world. I think she's like repressed in this childhood. Cause maybe something traumatic must've happened to her as a kid. Oh, maybe cause her mom doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Something mom... oh, she saw whatever happened to her mom. Maybe her mom actually did get like hooked. Oh yeah, we did talk about it that that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, where we were talking about how possibly that's how Mr. Krabs got her in, but which we explain it, it kind of touches it a little bit that in uh the whole uh, Moby Dick reference that we get in uh, Mr. Krabs' dreams, like we touch on whaling a little bit there too. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just telling more of a story of Pearl's past. Yikes! Do you think Mr. Krabs somehow was responsible uh, for it? Maybe. Well, to explain why he felt the need to like adopt this whale, he would pick up the mantle. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> the only one I couldn't get was really SpongeBob because his wasn't a goal that was very uh, like abstract. No. Like you can e- easily say like, "Oh, Patrick's is he just wants to have fun," but he's simple, so that's like his idea of fun. But SpongeBob was just like driving in Krabby Patties. Yeah. Well, I and think it makes that's... me wonder like, why is his so simple i think well like that's like a weird thing to aspire to it's just Krabby patties and that's big i think we like spongebob is what you see is what you kind of get kind of thing and not Mm -hmm. in a bad way but he has he's living his dream basically he has his dream job he has his friends he like does all these like really great hobbies and stuff and so mm-hmm. I think the one thing that he doesn't have is a driver's license. So it makes sense that his dream's full of the stuff he already loves, like Krabby Patties and stuff. But he's trying to obtain the one thing he doesn't have, which is a driver's license. Also, why is it so freaking demonic of a... He didn't just pop into his dream. He, like, spawns in his dreams, like, pieces. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, this is horrific. Why does he have to become a rock and then turn into a person? Those, like, snake arms that slither out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. It freaked me out. It was like, this is really weird. But one big thing that I want to bring up with Squidward that I think a lot of people that are watching it at first glance did not really get, but I, for some reason, it really struck me, was Squidward's subconscious. So if we're taking the this small lesson that like your dream shows like possibly your subconscious thoughts, right? Yeah. So, and maybe we should pay attention to those. So like one thing that I want to like, pay attention to is in Squidward's dream 
His subconscious loves SpongeBob. They love him so much that when SpongeBob started singing for them, they were like, Squidward. So I'm thinking that somewhere deep inside Squidward's subconscious, he has an obsession with SpongeBob. I think it's like a a love or an admiration of some sort. I think that's one way to look at it, definitely. Um, but I see it more as that in every circumstance that we circumstance that we've seen where Squidward's tried to excel in something, mm-hmm. Squidward or SpongeBob has somehow outshined him. I mean, the whole um, talent show episode was that he was trying to showcase himself as an artist and spongebob outshines him even at work mm-hmm. like he was the only employee other than mr krabs at the crusty crab and then spongebob shows up and now is the employee of the month you know all for years and years basically yeah so i think for squidward it's that less that his subconscious is in love with him and more that he feels like no matter what he does it's always inferior to what spongebob is able to accomplish Wow, that's really deep. Yeah. I like that. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, which kind of is sad because like even SpongeBob doesn't really do anything amazing. Like his voice that when he becomes the clarinet is awful, right? It's wonderful. What are you talking about? It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's truly beautiful. But the subconscious says my tear my tears might stain my, my petticoat. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how beautiful it is. It brings people to tear tears of joy. Squidward's head, he's just like, Why is this like mediocre sponge? <laughs> so much like getting so much more recognition than me maybe then that's a lesson i think because that i think we've touched on it a little bit in the past but squidward mm-hmm. tries really hard to get recognized i think and i think that in itself makes him seem really egotistical and unapproachable where spongebob mm-hmm. doesn't really try i mean he just does what he thinks is right and he just does something that makes him happy and and that's what gets him recognized i think that's a good little lesson to pull out of that the lesson for this whole act is kind of like the curiosity thing. Mm. It's like being curious about other people's dreams. Yeah. I uh, and like their stuff. I got uh like more less abstract and more of like a literal sense is don't interfere with other people's dreams and not like dreamception kind of stuff, but more along the lines of you it's not really your place if someone has a dream to get something done or have goals to do something to it's not your job to interfere with that let them try let them strive to get what they want done because that's them as a person that's what they need to do, accomplish in order to make themselves feel better so you shouldn't interfere with it and in fact you should try help unless it's destructive if it's clearly destructive then maybe interfere yeah i definitely think there's a lot of people out there that just need to mind their own f-ing business yeah <laughs> and and i think this uh this episode's a good example of that yeah it was funny because like they all get mad at him at the end for not for not minding his own business. They're like, "Can you just stay out of our dreams?" And even Squ- Squidward's like, uh, "Don't we get enough of you during the day?" It's funny because even Sandy and Pearl are both there, like agreeing with Squidward in this situation. So I wonder, like, even the people that SpongeBob considers friends, like, mm-hmm. need the distance from SpongeBob, which is also a small lesson in itself because you know sometimes you just need distance from people. They may be your friend, but like we all need a little bit of distance or a little bit of alone time. Yeah, because that's how you. That's why Tim and I don't live in a studio apartment. Yeah, because <laughs> it would, I, we'd go insane because you'd be around each other all the time. Yikes! <laughs> I think, but it's I true. Every everything is like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, but also too much of like one person too much is like oh god. Yeah, you need a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, that's why. And it's not. It's not like someone's trying to be mean or like people when they try to exclude or don't want to hang out. It's that. They just need to rejuvenate. They need a different kind of energy than what you're supplying. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. Yeah. I thought it was also really interesting that like one small little lesson that I picked out is like everyone's dreams are different. Yeah. Like there was so much variety just between different versions of fun with like Patrick and Sandy. They're both enjoying themselves. And same with Pearl. It's like they're all enjoying themselves, but it's all different ways. Like Patrick's completely content just sitting on a kitty ride. And like Sandy's like wants to be jumping out of a plane. And then Pearl's just like, I'm having a tea party. Yeah. In this weird Candyland unicorn seahorse <laughs> situation. <laughs> Puffy pink cloud place. <laughs> uh, Plankton's uh, dream was very concerning. Yeah. Just like destroying the entire city. It's funny that he narrates every one of his actions too. It's <laughs> yeah, like zap, lick, stomp, lick, lick, lick. lick. <laughs> He also refers to Gary, and it's the only time in the series that I can recall of Gary referred to as a cat. Oh, yeah, he's like, you're kitty kitty. Yeah, kitty kitty. He's like, yeah. So, I mean, Gary meows, so clearly he's supposed to be referenced to a cat, but it's the first time it actually gets referred to as an actual cat. I need to make a SpongeBob Wiki account. We can add that. Yeah. (laughs) Because that is the first time I've ever heard him, like, directly referenced as a cat. Yeah. That was awesome. That was good. That was a good find, Good little catch. Good, good catch. I almost, I almost dropped that one, <laughs> but you picked it up. I got it. That's great. I just can't get over how Squidward's dream, even in his dream, he's not in charge. Yeah, it's there's a I king. Like <laughs> there's a king. The entire court, the whole royal court. I, I don't know about your dreams. But my dreams, like maybe if I do get that much control, I'm definitely in charge of them. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not someone's servant. I guess that's I'm not trying to be. And it's even more sad. Again, like Squidward just literally has feels must feel like he has no control over his life. <laughs> it, it's kind of upsetting yeah. how, those, how his subconscious is treating him. Yeah. It's like again, no matter what he does, he just gets crapped on. Poor yeah, guy. which puts like so have you like this is a side tangent for sure, but have you heard the creepypasta of uh the Squidward suicide episode? No, I've I've heard the whispers of it, but I've never like dug into it because yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it is kind of scary, but yeah, I mean, like as like uh, all this examination we've done, like it plays into it very well. Like Squidward's life is really sad, and so it makes sense like this creepy pasta exists, which is basically just five minutes of him crying, and eventually mm-hmm. leading up to him like shooting himself. Is it real, like animation? No. Well, they like, say they it. say that there is a real episode out there, but they but most of everything I've seen is people just recreating it. Mm. So that makes me not want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. I mean, it's too dark. There's a lot of creepy pastas that you shouldn't believe, but it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, the last little lesson I got from this episode is wear your seatbelt. It makes me so angry when people don't make wear the seatbelts. Especially if you're the driver and the freaking car is beeping at you, wear your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. There is no excuse. There is no excuse to not wear something that takes two seconds to click and could pod- potentially save your life. Also, wear it properly. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many people, like, I understand there are people with a little bit more ample chest situation and the seatbelt's not the most comfortable. But I don't want your ass flying through my fucking windshield. It might not be comfortable, but it's better than being dead. So exactly. <laughs> I also used to when I used to drive people around. I also used to tell them like, "You better wear that seatbelt," because I was at the carnival once, and they had a whole like, like fake car, quote unquote, situation, where like they would have one person strapped in and the other person not, and they're like, in certain percentage of accidents, when people roll over, the 
flailing body of the other person kills the other person. Yikes. So the per- so even if you wear your seatbelt and your friend isn't wearing the seatbelt, like, oh, yeah, that who cares if that person flies to the windshield? I'll be safe. No, they their lifeless the body will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially whatever G-force they're going in at the time. So I used to tell my friends, I'm like, no, I don't want your flailing lifeless body to kill me. Put on your seatbelt. Yeah. Also, I have in the past seatbelt checked people without notice. I'd be like, please put on your seatbelt. And they'd be like, they're like, oh, yeah, I will in a little bit. And then slam I'd be the driving brakes. and then I'd slam the brakes. And I like, I forgot who was driving the backseat, <laughs> but they slammed straight into my head, the headrest. Like, could be a broken neck. Could be worse. Yeah. So when people don't wear their seatbelts, it freaks me out. Usually I won't even like if it's a sibling or a friend, I won't even start the car. I'm like, you need to put your seatbelt on until I start the car. Damn right. Especially if you're the driver. If you're the driver, you're like, hey, this is my rules. This is my car. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. It, again, takes two seconds. Really not that big of a deal. Just put it on. Yeah, put it on. Save us save us all the the struggle. The tragedy. Yeah. Not even the tragedy. It's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to at you yeah. while you're in my car. I shouldn't Let's have go. to. I shouldn't have to. Exactly. Well, like, what is this? This is this is the thousands. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> Be woke. <laughs> Be woke. Wear a seatbelt. All right. Bubble break this week. Since we're on the theme of dreams, we're gonna be talking about our dreams, Omar. Yay. Or our nightmares, well, I guess. <laughs> I was about to ask, what about what about my nightmares? <laughs> so I guess like let's jump in and talk about like, do you have any significant dreams that you've ever like have just haunted you or like stuck with you? Uh, every time I dream of you, Josh. Oh, thank you. You're... No, those are the ones that haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my nightmares are pretty much filled with you. <laughs> <laughs> my nightmares, my dreams, I just can't stop. Get, get out of my head. <laughs> That's why I relate so hard to the first the first part of this episode. because <laughs> The end. Josh, Josh will never stop leaving my dreams. Sorry. I tell him, stop. Stop astral projecting into my, into my dreams. <laughs> I don't know. Like A lot of my dreams... The thing that freaks me out about them is uh, how close they are to situations. Because every time I have like a deja vu moment, yeah, it usually the feeling comes from like, oh, I think I had a dream about like this. this before. Yeah, but, same. But like, and you can ask Tima about this. Like sometimes I'll just be like, whoa, deja vu. And then she'll be like, what? And I was like, every single time I have deja vu, I'm like in my deja vu in the situation that I'm trying to remember. Uh, something bad happened. This exact set of situation, but something bad happened. But then it never happens in that situation, so it makes me think that it's some type of like parallel dimension Ooh, situation. You're like a Doctor Strange, just seeing all the realities. I'm seeing like all the different <laughs> versions of how it could go wrong. <laughs> this is the one that hasn't gone wrong. So that's good, I guess. Because <laughs> that's the one thing that like I do think is really interesting about dreams. That like I'm not I'm. Very, I'm not very mystical as we talked about with ghosts, but with dreams, I'm like, there's so many other situations where like, okay, think of every single decision you've ever made in your life if you had made it differently. And like, I feel like some dreams are so close to reality that it would be like, what if that was like a different reality where like I made X choice or maybe we're all living in a simulation and that was simulation like a bajillion and three or something. I think it's really interesting, like the study of dreams and stuff to like, kind of understand where it comes from. Cause yeah, it's just your brain, like playing back situations or creating situations. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it's more than that. Like we kind of touched on the whole subject of like what happens 
after you die or whatever a little bit like energy and stuff so i wonder if your brain's just tapping into that yeah it could be like it it is really interesting because we are probably one of the few creatures that can replay an event in our head yeah and they say a lot of time when they're studying like dreams and stuff it's um they think it's memory consolidation like it's how you're like brains like oh this is what i'm going to remember and this is what i'm not going to remember and i don't care about this or care about that yeah so it's i don't know it it could be a number of things and we don't fully understand it and that's what's kind of to me that's very interesting maybe you're just we're all just reliving the same life over and over again and that's why you get deja vu from your dreams it's memory yeah. of past that happened before which it's is like kind of a- sad <laughs> It's like a different version, like where you're like, oh, well, in this version, Omar tripped and fall, fell and like <laughs> this was this is what happened. And then like you're flashing back and you're like, oh, I fell this time. Yeah. I won't fall this time. <laughs> it's your meat brain just like catching up. <laughs> I definitely like the dreams that I remember most. I don't remember a ton of dreams. There's There's been a couple dreams which have been super weird that have like synced up with people. Like, there's one circumstance that I vaguely remember with that happening in middle school. Where, like, me and my friend had the same exact dream, but Ooh. from our own point of view. So, like, the same events were happening, but, like, each of the point we were in our own point of view, which was really weird, you know? So, were the events the same? Yeah. Were they the same life event, is my question. It was, so, like, if, it was like, if we were like, oh, we have a big test It was my tomorrow. girlfriend cheating on me with this other guy, and she had the same dream. But she was her own self with the same guy. And I was, yeah, it was really weird. It was really fucked up. Um, Are you sure that it wasn't like a repressed trauma you just put away? Probably like somewhere deep down. <laughs> um, but the dreams that I feel like I remember most or wake up from I remember most are stress dreams, which like during certain work events, I get a lot, which is like, I'll wake up and be like, crap, I feel like I haven't programmed anything where I'm about to go and tech a show and I haven't done anything for this show. Like those are the worst and for some reason stick with you and like really like make you feel insecure and scared. Oh, <laughs> you need a dream catcher. I or do. <laughs> Put some sage in your house or whatever, some sage. whatever gives you good dreams. Yeah. But no, like I definitely, I think it's really weird how the times where I'm very stressed out and I'm trying to go to sleep where I'm like, oh God, like I'll, I'll fall asleep, but I'll like be in that half like sleep, half awake situation. Mm-hmm. And in that half asleep, half awake situation, you're trying to do work. And you're like, how does that make any sense? Just like you're like, oh, I didn't program anything. Like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I didn't pack my camera yet. I'm like, I, I don't even have the camera at the house. Like, it's not, why, why would I be trying to pack it right now? And like, I don't know. For me, the, the less sleep I get and then the more stressed I get when I'm trying to get sleep, but I'm not getting sleep, like, I get all super twitchy. Oh. <laughs> like, I'll get like, I'll like move and stuff. And it's funny because like Tima sometimes will have stress dreams and it's always like during tech week for a theater. Yeah. She'll like wake up and she'll like ask me something about tech and I'm like, I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> but uh but no, like and and then there's those really cool dreams where you can like control everything. Those are really fun. I don't know if you've like had I a couple vaguely, of those. I've had a couple of those, but I feel like I don't remember like the dreams that I actually enjoy, I feel like I don't remember enough. Which is why I guess why people keep dream journals so they don't feel sad when they only remember the shitty dreams. I'm always tempted to try to learn how to do lucid dreaming where you can do that all the time where you can control Yeah, you can your teach dreams. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because dream journaling is actually like one of the, the secrets to it. Yeah. Because like you start to recognize patterns in your dream mm-hmm. and it's like inception where you're like, I have my totem. I got to figure out how what's not a dream and what is a dream. I wonder if people who actually do that, if they're like bored or if they just have really like their dreams are so shit. 
fact that they want some sort of control over it. Like, I wonder what is the motivation behind wanting to try, like, going into lucid dreaming. Well, for me, it's like, think of, like, again, we brought this up before, like, but, like, Minecraft. Yeah. Think of the creativity you have in there, and then think of, like, the idea of, like, okay, I can lucid dream. I can work on my problems or work on anything that I want. Like, like I imagine, like, imagine if it was, like, Einstein or someone really smart. Like, if they were just, like, imagine if they had extra time while they were sleeping and they had limited, limitless, quote unquote, dream time slash like resources to do whatever the hell they their imagination wanted. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about it like that. I don't know that's that's what like fascinates me about it. It's like some dreams that like can be super scary, freaking nightmares, and then other dreams that are like, oh god, like this is so cool, and then you don't remember any of it. Yeah, and then other dreams are just like random amalgamations of random thoughts and stuff and you're just like this is the weirdest thing like why was i talking to a dog <laughs> uh to 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 take us out the one thing that i do really enjoy is when other people have dreams about me oh and i love it when people tell me dreams. like i don't mean care nightmares? how weird the dream is nightmares i don't care <laughs> like if they were like omar you were there and you were cutting off my legs and i don't know why i want to know so if it's you like have any scary dreams stuff. about me yeah why are they dreaming you doing that stuff yeah, I want to know. And it's not even like I want to psychoanalyze your dream. I just think it's really interesting. Yeah. That's cool. So like wh- why would Dream Omar do that? Same. Same. So if you any of you at listeners dream about either of us, let us know. Yeah, and not yeah, in a creepy way. You can let me know in a creepy way, I don't care. <laughs> Jumping into act 2, Suds, a classic episode. We start the episode off watching SpongeBob asleep and dreaming about Krabby Patties. He's hungry and eating them down only to wake up and realize that he's eating his own pillow so he's like all right it's time for a midnight snack he goes into the kitchen opens up the fridge grabs his jellyfish jelly and pulls out his peanut butter and makes himself a sandwich takes one bite and falls asleep makes a fatal mistake of leaving the refrigerator open so by the time morning rolls around the entire house is frozen everything in it including his fireplace has somehow frozen over so he wakes up completely cold, realizing his mistake, closes the fridge and slides on over to the mirror and sees how disgusting he looks and realizes like, oh man, I really hope I'm not sick. He's like sniveling. He's like, and Gary comes in, ever wise Gary, meows, telling him like, oh, maybe you're sick. He's like, nah, if I was had the flu or the cold, it'd be the suds and I had bubbles coming out of him. And then at that moment, he sneezes and what comes out? Bubbles. So we are to assume he has the suds. And being the ever-eager beaver that SpongeBob is, he's like, nah, I can't. I'll miss work. So he goes into work sick. Uh, it affects his work. And Mr. Crab realizes this, bar- barges into the kitchen, like, boy, what's going on? Why are you, why are these crabbies coming out so slow? And sees how sick SpongeBob is and decides to send him home. Realizing it's affecting his work, SpongeBob's like, all right, call Sp- Sandy up and ask her to take him to the hospital to get checked up by a doctor. And... Being the good friend that she is, agrees and says that she'll take him to the doctor later. Patrick comes over to visit SpongeBob and discovers that he's sick and hears that he's about to go to the doctor. And Patrick is super against the doctor's office, telling SpongeBob, you know, they have old magazines that they'll force you to read. They'll make you sit in this waiting room for forever. And the worst thing, he'll pull out, the doctor will pull out his cold stethoscope and it'll freeze you to the touch. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so terrified of this, SpongeBob decides that he doesn't want to go to the doctor and asks Patrick to be his doctor. 
So Patrick starts trying his different treatments. He tries plugging up all of SpongeBob's holes so bubbles stop coming out. And bubbles do stop coming out, but all it does is make SpongeBob grow bigger and bigger and bigger with every sneeze. He tries other stuff. He tries jumping on SpongeBob. He tries using Band-Aids and does a bunch of other stuff all the way to the point of when Sandy finally comes over, she opens the door to find SpongeBob tied to one of those old stretching devices, torture devices with some Gregorian chants in the background. Don't really know how that's going to help, but Patrick is a professional, so he's trying. <laughs> Sandy is like, no, he needs a real doctor. You can't be doing this. They have this big argument to the point where they are both trying to chase after SpongeBob or back and forth, like taking him either to the hospital or Patrick running away from her. They lose track of SpongeBob. He starts rolling off rolls towards the Krusty Krab, almost runs right into it, stops right before to Mr. Krab's like relief, only to sneeze and explode the Krusty Krab with all his suds. Finally, he goes to the doctor. The doctor's like, oh, you do have the suds. I have the perfect treatment to you, the sponge treatment. Hans, the hand, comes in, and we get this whole montage scene of SpongeBob cleaning up different things as a kitchen sponge, uh, cleaning car, cleaning sink, uh, cleaning the back of someone dude's taking a shower, and by the end of it, Spongebob's all better and even gets a giant lollipop. Seeing this giant lollipop makes Patrick jealous, and he's like, blows a, blows a little bubble, and is like, Doc, I have the suds too. The doctor's like, oh, we have a special treatment for you, Dr. Patrick. And so he Hans pulls Patrick out again. We get this whole, again, live-action montage, but instead of doing all these nice tasks as a, or as a sponge or a cleaning product, he has to take care of like prickly cactuses and clean dirty toilets. And that's how the episodes ends, which is pretty good. This episode reminded me a lot of you, Omar, when we talk about having to take you to the doctor. You should go see the doctor for about your lactose intolerance and stuff. And well, can, I, can I tell you super, something kind of sad? Yeah. So uh, for a while, I was trying to pay for insurance and sign up because after we had that whole conversation about like, oh, insurance, we should use it. And that's very important. I was like, I need to go to the doctor. So I was looking up for doctors and I signed up and then I realized that the so there's complications with my insurance. Mm -hmm. And now I currently find myself uninsured and it's very unpleasant. <laughs> now you realize the reality of the situation. I realized the big mistake I made. <laughs> so I'm I'm currently in an argument with my insurance company about certain situations. So you're really trying to get it back. So there's some uh, complications. So um but I do have dental insurance, so Good. I will be getting That's that done plus. within a couple weeks. <laughs> you really because of the one thing I really wanted to do is get my wisdom teeth out. So at least I can get you that. You haven't done, done that yet? I haven't, oh, I'm a mobile person. <laughs> I made the huge mistake, and it's a little bit of a tangent, but it's it's important to me. Uh, I made the mistake of when I first got wisdom teeth in high school and they're like, you should take it out. I didn't. And then I went to college and then I just used the excuse all the time that, mom, I'm busy. I can't go down to wherever to get my teeth done. And slowly but surely my retainer stopped fitting because <laughs> I had, I had beautiful teeth. I had perfect teeth. I had the kind of teeth that I go into the dentist and they'd be like, Wow your teeth are really straight. Like, this is really nice. And I was one of those weird kids that, like, when I got braces, I got them off, like, before the year was over. Oh, okay. Like, my teeth move so quick. Like, everyone else I know, like, like braces for fucking years. Yeah. And me, it was, yeah. like, like eight months. And Damn. they were, like, no braces anymore. So I had, like, the best of everything. What and I a ruined brag. It. <laughs> I ruined it. 
I ruined it. it now. No, I was just, I was so lucky. I'm not bragging. It was just like, it was really mm-hmm. weird because I'd go to the dentist and they'd be like, your teeth are really straight. Yep. And I'm like, thanks. This is a really odd compliment. <laughs> and so now I have to like un- redo and like undo the destruction I've caused on myself. So Great. anyone who has insurance out there, use it. Take advantage of it. Take advantage because now that I don't have it, I don't realize it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. And that's Thank the biggest you. lesson you should get from this this half is if you have healthcare, use it. Go to the doctor. Don't be afraid Go of going to the, to the doctor. Oh my gosh, I have so many friends and so many people I know that are like they have a cold or something, and it's like it can be pretty serious. Like I, I had a friend who would wake up coughing in the middle of the night, and they're like, "No, nah, it's just a cold." So it's like you should go to the doctor. Like, no, it's just a cold. They're just gonna tell me that I have a cold. I was like, okay, but you have the insurance. Take the time. Go do it. And it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me why people are so afraid to take that step and go to the doctor. Here's my devil's advocate thing. Is because usually, and this also relates to the the episode because with SpongeBob, he didn't want to miss work. And there are times that when you are in a situation where your work is the only way you can have any type of livelihood. Yeah. Like in college, it made more sense. Like I have student loans. Like if I don't, if I miss a day of work or a day of class, it's not a huge end of the world situation. But there are people out there like, if I don't come into work today and I go spend my money on a doctor, even if I have insurance or whatever, it's not going to be a good month for me because now I have you know X amount of dollars left from my account. Yeah, that's fair. But also like, it's better to know if something serious is happening and you can take care of it. And that's the biggest thing is like a lot of stuff is like people put off and they start feeling sick or they get an ache and they're just like, this is fine. This is whatever, you know, my sister's boyfriend, like his ankle was hurting him and his shoulder was hurting him like randomly, like for months and never told anyone, went to the hospital, turned it out to be a symptom of leukemia that they could have caught months earlier. That's what I'm saying. It's just like you can 100% like catch things that are more serious if you just take the time. Don't be afraid to go to the doctor. And even if it is something like not so serious, you didn't really waste your time. At least you know, you know, so. That's true. That's that's the responsible. That's the responsible. I still, <laughs> I still have a hard time, but I've, again, been spoiled with insurance for a good portion now of my you don't life, have thanks it. to the U.S. military. <laughs> and now I don't. And it's very unsettling. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how the <laughs> how how time out. treats me. Uh, I will have really straight teeth, hopefully, by the end of the Fingers day. crossed. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, uh, back to the episode where we go to that tangent, but it was, it was a related tangent. Uh, one small little comedic thing that I really enjoyed is when SpongeBob first sneezes and he puts the, the underwear all the way to his face (laughs) and he gets that little bubble booty. Yeah. He gets a literal bubble booty (laughs) and it just pops. So SpongeBob inventor the bubble booty. Also, you should wear better underwear that he can pull up that high. Like that's underwear is too loose. And also, don't don't use your underwear to cover your face. I would never do that. Also, I don't trust don't my underwear. Don't use either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone who uses briefs that way. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, only, I think only old people do. That. Yeah, hundred percent. Because back in the day, that that back in the day, that's all they gave you was briefs. <laughs> briefs, tidy whities <laughs> Also, like you cover your face with it. That's kind of gross. I wouldn't do that with my own underwear. Mm, your underwear needs some washing then. If my underwear touched my face, I wouldn't be too worried. Mm, after a day of wearing it, he like he slept in those. You sweat a lot when you sleep. Well, maybe you do. I'm a I'm a clean <laughs> angel right, when I sleep. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have the... any accidents. I don't have any accidents in my bed. Okay, I don't pee in my pants. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Unlike you. Uh huh. 
No, don't tell people that. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Don't it's worry. I'll cut it out. Um, I'll edit it out. Omar, edit it out. Great. Boom. It's now it's done. He's not going to do it. Um, I like how we just came from Act 1, which is all about dreams, and then this one starts off with a dream. I thought that was a good little tie-in. Do you think they're trying to think, make people believe that it's going to happen again? I would hope so. <laughs> they're trying to punk us? Yeah. Like, oh, great. It's just an extension of the last episode. Just kidding. This is actually just about being sick. <laughs> oh, speaking of being sick, this is a good tie-in to the fun facts. So according to an interview in an issue of Nickelodeon magazine, which is basically the best magazine, if you ever had a chance to, I was very lucky enough that my parents bought me a subscription for a whole year. I had Nickelodeon magazine. Um, shout out Nickelodeon, RIP Nickelodeon magazine. RIP. Actually, it might still be out. I, I remember all those commercials out. for them. Yeah. It was that and like zoo books or whatever. That's what they always had advertisements for. But SpongeBob's voice actor, Tom Kenny, was very sick at the time of recording the lines for this episode. I was going to say, his voice was like actually super believable for this. So that explains why. Good. He was probably a little bit more mucusy. Do you wonder, wonder if like they saved a sick episode specifically until he got sick? Or do you think it was just like, a coincidence? It's time to do the Suds episode. Yeah, I don't with know. Blood out of our it, pocket. <laughs> production people can be very. Uh, very smart and clever in that situation because there's definitely times where I've been like, well, we have this, so this is what we got to do. And th- that might have been like, well, we're developing this episode that he's sick. Let's just bump that episode up a week yeah. since Tom is, you know. And then they threw sick. in the dream in the beginning to tie it all in. Oh, yeah. Woo! Maybe not. They they just got so him sick is actually what happened. They just sneezed <laughs> on him for a good 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of Tom Kenny, he is also the man in the shower when SpongeBob's being treated. <laughs> Good. So he's the one getting his back scrubbed. Nice back. It's good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had my back had that kind of definition. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, also it's the debut of Hans. Yeah. The disembodied floating hand. Good. I like that. Kind of, it's fun. <laughs> again, adds a bunch of weird questions for the whole universe. The meta, but yeah. The meta-ness of this universe. What do you think about Dr. Patrick? Dr. Patrick? I think his heart was in the right place. He tried. I feel like it's like all those friends that you might have, like if you decide not to go to the doctor or like you don't have insurance, the ones that will like go on WebMD or search up like your symptoms and be like, oh, you have this, like try this, try this, try this. They try all these holistic solutions um, that don't necessarily always work. I think in this case it was a little like exaggerated, but I think his heart was the right place. He was trying to help SpongeBob. I'm going to... I'm going to um, ruffle some feathers here. Here we go. But, Controversy. But I hate, I hate when people use, what is it, airborne or whatever that stuff is where you pour it into your, oh yeah. what is it, the stuff you it's pour airborne. into your drink? yeah. Or like the vitamin C Emergency. Stuff. Emergency, yeah. that's what it is. That's the one that, well, airborne's not as bad, but emergency, I hate when people are like, oh, I'm getting sick. I'm going to pour myself a glass of emergency. That's, it's too late. You're, if you're already getting sick and you feel sick, it's too late. Also, having extra vitamins in your body, yeah, being healthy is going to help you stop having sickness, but emergency doesn't do anything. There is science that backs it that emergency does not do anything to stop you from getting a cold or prevent you from getting a cold. <laughs> Same with vitamin C. Like, Maybe it's just fine it. over matter. I definitely was getting like feeling like I was getting a cold while I was on tour back in the fall or winter, mm-hmm. and I started taking Airborne. And I actually felt a lot better afterwards. But I also took Airborne knowing I was sitting in a bus or sleeping in a bus with like 10 other people who possibly were already sick. So Were you taking it before you got sick or when you started feeling sick? I just like 
my nose was getting like stuffy and I started taking it. And I saw that people were also getting sick. I was just like, all right, this is a purchase I need to make. And if it works. I still don't believe it. <laughs> where's the facts? <laughs> and again, there's no facts. Yeah. If there's scientific studies, like I, I'm, I do believe in the placebo effect. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Because like, uh, again, I'm a firm believer that your brain is such a strong and amazing thing that if you're like, oh no, I'm not getting sick. I've been taking blank. <laughs> I'm actually and your brain's going to be like, your brain's going to be like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're good. You yeah. don't feel anything. That makes sense. And I've actually seen that work, like the police will affect work on people. So, Or, you know, maybe your brain is actually fighting off the actual infection. You know, oh, maybe. Maybe they're doing stuff. Maybe you're like, oh, airborne helped me out so much. But maybe your brain was doing all the work. Maybe your brain was like, here you go, body. Start those, start those antibodies. <laughs> get them working. Now we won't. And it just took a while. We will never be sponsored by airborne. So, <laughs> great. I don't want their sponsorship. <laughs> I want something else. <laughs> We've touched on it a little bit in the past about all the weird health code stuff in the Krabby and the Krusty Krab, but it seems <laughs> like where Mr. Krab draws a line, it's fine if SpongeBob walks all over stuff or like uses his head as a tumbler, but if he sneezes on something, that's where he is like, nah, you can't do this. It's because it's actual sickness. It's actual sickness. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want people's shoes touching my food. Okay, I just, I kind of go, like, by grandma rules. Like, if your grandma, like, puts her finger in, like, some chili and then <laughs> tastes it, or, like, pozole or whatever, you want to you wanna make it more applicable to, to, Cultural. to me. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you're not going to be complaining. That's true. And your, your grandma could have, like, scratched her butt. You never know. That's fair. You just, you just taste, the, you just taste <laughs> the soup, and you're like, oh, this tastes great. And then your grandma's like, oh, yeah, it tastes good. Well, I guess this, yeah, I guess the suds is an actual yeah. sickness which i wonder if other fish can get or if it's just a sponge disease i i would assume it's just a sponge disease. yeah that's what i would think too but maybe it's kind of like uh you know you can get sick still like maybe like oh it's, the suds it's like a strain a of the cold sick, but maybe it it's a strain yeah, of exactly. the cold yeah 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 that makes, that sense. makes sense yeah <laughs> just, logic it just infects everyone which makes sense why they all run out of the crusty crab <laughs> Oh, good segue. So, uh, Patrick, when he's like, "Don't touch me, I'm sterile." sterile. I love that. It's one of my one of my favorite. Lines. I use that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll wash my head. Don't touch me. Yeah. I'm sterile. <laughs> I almost introduced you with that. I was like, "Don't touch Josh. He's sterile." sterile. <laughs> but um, I changed it. But but yeah. Also, does peanut butter have like fucking chloroform in it? <laughs> Knocked him out. Yeah, like I wish there was something in my life I could just like take one bite of. Uh, I'm gonna take. Is that comfort bite. food? I don't know. People have that comfort food, like go to. That's his go to midnight snack comfort food that just like knock him out. And my comfort food is just eating until I cry. Feel like I I should be asleep, and then stop hating yourself. (laughs) There's no amount of food that can stop that. (laughs) I think I talked about in the the summary, but how everything was frozen in his house. That's a pretty powerful refrigerator. Like his his own his fire was frozen. The fish on the TV was wearing like earmuffs and a (laughs) sweater. He was so cold. I like that. And Gary, smart, smart, smart snail, yeah. like we've known, uh, all dressed up. Nice little like earmuffs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's good. Little sweater. I like the oh. sugar plum fairy playing in the background. Oh, yeah. No, the sugar plum fairy is a, is a nice touch. Yeah. Give me a little PTSD vibe. to the nutcracker stuff. but <laughs> All your nutcracker. <laughs> I feel like Listen a lot of theater, have, theater people are super afraid of nutcracker. It gives them trauma. <laughs> Just so people know, the average temperature that your refrigerator should be at is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius, but freezing. Yeah, yeah. 32 degrees. Nice 32 degrees is the is the average temperature of your. Makes sense why everything in his house is frozen. He's underwater. Though salt water mm-hmm. does freeze at a 
lower temperature. Temper. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Where's the so you know, if your if your fridge is hotter than thirty two degrees, your food's not gonna stay good. Yeah, turn it down. Forty degrees is where bacteria grows. I've been reading a lot of cookbooks. <laughs> Cause uh, so it's been good. America's Test Kitchen, shout out. Shout out. Hopefully they'll sponsor shout us out. now. Not really. Okay, so I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about my interactions with people on the internet. It's it it'll lump back in. So Dr. Patrick, brilliant, brilliant doctor that he is. Yes. <laughs> has all his weird situations, but one of them is where he jumps on SpongeBob. And me being, you know, the helpful person, someone posted on a Facebook group, I won't name names. Uh, they posted a Facebook group. Does anyone know the SpongeBob episode where Patrick is jumping on another person, on someone, and blah, 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 blah. And me being, you know, the SpongeBob nerd that I am, I'm like, oh, you're looking for the Suds episode. You mean season one, episode 15? <laughs> That's the one you're looking for. Send him a screenshot, and I was like, check it out. But then I did a little bit of snooping, as I do, and this person runs this, like, weird... I think it was like a weird sex fetish thing. I just helped him oh, look great. up. great. Wow. So uh, <laughs> apparently there's like people who jump on other people or he, I don't know if he or his wife or girlfriend, I don't know. It was very weird. There are kinks so, of every shape and color, Omar. Oh, I'm okay with that. I just didn't think I would run into it in such a benign Bob way form. where they would be like, they would be like, oh yeah, just, uh, just. I really need help identifying this episode. I was like, oh, this is a fan who just wants to rewatch the episode and thinks that part's really funny, but nope. I think it was some weird... God, well, not weird. It was some fetish. Yeah, don't keep shame. I, I don't want to label it weird. But yeah. <laughs> Good. But I think... Uh, what do you think of uh, Patrick's different remedies? Like, he did a peanut butter on the feet. Again, like... It, again, it reminded me of, like, people trying different stuff. Um, yeah. But... And this is probably going to get a little controversial, but like people who don't adhere to like medical practices or just like, again, like well, it's mostly anti-vaxxers, like in this circumstance, mm-hmm. like people are like, oh, I can do all these like home remedies and stuff and it'll be fine. And like, I don't have to worry about it, but like science is out there for a reason and you should mm-hmm. probably like adhere to it. Like I, it kind of drives me crazy when people... I can see that a little bit. I can t- see how Patrick touches on this. Like when people don't vaccinate their kids or like, again, don't do it with the doctor. It's like these things are set up to help other, like to help us as a civilization. People don't do it. Like they cause so much trauma. Like people mm-hmm. don't vax their kids. Like, and then there's just like strains of measles that just pop up. Like that's crazy. Like this awful disease is coming back because people will not do it. And they're like, don't adhere to, or don't look at any of the researches. Like, no, this doesn't cause autism or anything. Yeah. It's like also like good luck protecting your child from fucking polio. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? What do you, what herb are you going to go find? Or are you going to go yeah. put peanut butter on your child's foot to fix this? Like, nah, this doesn't work. And it's weird because like, I also come from like a Mexican family, which like if you're in a Mexican family, it's Vixen Sprite, Vixen Sprite and, and soup. And soup, man. Yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes that shit works. And even my dad for years has been wanting us have has been wanting us to try because he supposedly says it works, but he never does it when he has a fever. Uh, he just wants to try it out on his children. <laughs> but apparently if you put potatoes, you cut potatoes and you put them at the bottom of your feet. Oh. Supposedly that's supposed to draw out. I heard toxins. I heard onion, actually. If you do onion, onion I've heard yeah. it with onions as well. Yeah. But it's just one of those things and like, why don't I just take some fucking Tylenol? Yeah. The medicine's or there. Dayquil. Again, the science is there. It's set up to help me out. Why not try it? Like, I understand, like, 
if you have this stuff where it's like a budgetary thing, that's fine. And there's certain holistic stuff that does actually work. There's certain herbs that are meant to like really help. Like, and I got no problem with people using teas and stuff yeah. instead of putting their kids full of like, like that. Yeah. But like, but again, after a while, medicine's gonna kick in. Yeah. And we have a reason again. We have it. science for a reason. Like, don't be scared of it. And like, get your kids vaccinated. I'm sorry if this like insults people out there, but like, seriously, is I think it's pretty irresponsible to not. You're do that. danger to everyone. Yeah. You're endangering other people who can't be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry if we have people. If in the future we have enough fans that people care and they get mad, I don't care. Yeah. This is how vaccinate I feel. Your I'll children. vaccinate my kids. So. Hundred percent. Vaccinate your children. Vaccinate. There's. I think I have extended family that doesn't vaccinate, <gasps> and it drives me insane. Yeah. It's like all it takes is one person with something bad to sneeze on your child and they're dying. We're going to get the freaking dark ages all over again. The freaking mm. bubonic plague spreading. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not no regress. To save you from that. Yeah. Um. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think we've, we've really stressed that healthcare is very important. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons you can learn from this half is, you know, home remedies are great, but they can't cure everything. Yeah. Healthcare is very important. So go to the doctor when you can. So when you think it's necessary, I'm kind of one of those people who puts it off because sometimes I can take care of it on my own, but sometimes it's quicker. You just go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, also, we touched on it is don't go to work sick. Yeah, definitely. And not. just just admit when you're sick. Yeah. Don't be a tough guy. And it's OK. I think gal. I think people are really afraid of and I know I get that way, too. I get afraid of people being like, I'm sick. People are going to think I'm slacking or they won't believe me. But most of like people are really understanding if you're sick. Because mm-hmm. mostly I think it's because they don't want to get sick too. Especially if it's like a stomach flu or something like that. Do not spread that shit. Like literally do not spread that shit. Um, people don't want to get that. You know, they, they people like being healthy. So be considerate. If you need to take the day off to feel better, take the day off. I find that people who are the most busy who can't afford to be sick are the ones who are very adamant of people not showing up, showing up to be sick. Yeah. Perfect example is theater or film or any like creative thing where there's only one of you. There's only one lighting designer. Yeah. 99% of the time. So like, yeah, you do have to tough it out. But also if that one lighting designer gets the one director sick. Yeah. You're kind of SOL. Yeah, exactly. So, so I find like a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're getting kind of sick. They're like, stay away from me because I have more important things to do. Like, I'm the only person that can physically do this job right now. Yeah. And if you are, like, in that situation where you are the only person who can do a job and you don't want to affect others, like, take the precautions to, like, make sure you have hand sanitizer, make sure you're taking medicine, make sure, like, even, like, one of those little white masks, like, as silly Mm -hmm. as it looks, can help prevent spreading germs and stuff. Like, little things you can do just to be more responsible that really don't even cost that much to do, but just make sure that you're being, like, not spreading it to other people. Uh, Some funny thing little line that i picked up was the whole uh when uh the whole back and forth between sandy and patrick and patrick tries to disguise spongebob as his house and he has feet sticking. <laughs> i was like this is my mobile home and that was really funny That's good yeah i love wordplay like yeah. that it's so simple <laughs> or even the fact that she's like we're spongebob and he's like uh uh he's not here at the moment yeah. <laughs> he's leave a message after the beep and then when he like the sand falls off him he's like how's the dirt therapy going <laughs> yeah Patrick had his own Squidward moment. Yeah, he did. He, he so I think that's his, one of the first, like, not maybe not the first time. I mean, Christopher Krabs, Mr. Krabs, I think, has had karma come back to bite him. But I think this is a good example of this happening to Patrick. <laughs> the very end, he's, like, got karma coming back to bite him, and his treatment is all taking care of, like, again, dirty toilets or 
scrubbing cactuses. What I think is actually a great thing from the creators and the writers and stuff that they developed was how how to cure the suds. Because think of a mm-hmm. sponge at home. If you get it full of soap, you scrub it away until the soap doesn't exist yeah. anymore, right? It's very so smart. So it's like perfectly logical, but it like it's a good gag, the fact that, you know, scrubbing people. And he's like, I can smell again when he's like scrubbing someone's, someone's foot. foot. Yeah. <laughs> but then that whole brings up this whole argument we've had before is like, I think this is the this is the episode people reference and people reference to me when we talked about it is whether he's a kitchen sponge or a sea sponge because he's being used as a kitchen sponge and that's his remedy is a kitchen sponge like people thing. used to use sponges I still stand by it that humankind looked at SpongeBob and they were like this is the ideal sponge it's marketable he's yellow he's bright people love that and he's a perfect hand holding size so we should use him for everything. Yeah. We should model all our sponges from there because people back in the day used to use sponges, natural sea sponges all the time for, for Clean, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, people used to use, uh, I think used to use like sea sponges and stuff as like tampons and crap. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. again, they were just like, you know, this sponge, this sponge is really good for cleaning dishes. Let's make a artificial version. Okay. All right. There you go. There's, there's the proof. I'm telling you, there's it. There is arguments that he could be a kitchen sponge, but it just makes more sense that humankind is a bunch of copycats. Yeah, which we've seen over and over again. <laughs> just copy everything. On the like whole flip side of talking about like Patrick um, being a bad doctor and like impersonating a doctor, I think there's a flip side to that, which is a little lesson is like always to have friends who will help you get better and take care of you. Because like if it is something just like a cold and then you don't necessarily need to go to a doctor, it is nice to have a friend especially if you're like single or, you know, living by yourself, who can like drop off some soup or bring over some like um, medicine or something that can help you out. I think it's nice to do that for any friend who's sick. Yeah. Just like, it's like shows like, oh, I'm thinking about you. There's a little care package of like juice and soup. Mm -hmm. And even if it doesn't get to them in time, at least they have soup. Yeah. And juice. Yeah, exactly. So uh, (laughs) I'm feeling a little sick, Josh. Thank you. That's fine. (laughs) You got Tima. Finally, the big lesson for this episode. Dun, dun, Josh, dun, take dun. it away. What do you think the big lesson for this? It was this isn't a difficult. This was one really this tough. Week, yeah, but I think I got a great one. Okay. Um. So the one I got for this one, uh, is kind of stay in your own lane or you know mind your own mind your own business, but in, in nicer ways. Like there's stuff that you don't need to interfere with that you should just realize like it's better be left alone like leave that alone it's not your place basically know your place um and i think we see that in both episodes like so we see spongebob all he does is meddle in other people's dreams in the first part and i think again like mind your own business let people dream let them have their dreams let them have that personal time you don't need to be interfering with that and then patrick is a prime example of that in the second part where he doesn't he's not a doctor he shouldn't be interfering with the healthcare and trying to play doctor for spongebob when he is seriously sick and needed to see a healthcare professional you know so again like there are certain circumstances in life where you feel like you can step in and interfere or something but a lot of times it's like it's not your place and it's a good way a good thing to know when it's a time to step in and when it's not and you can take that into a work situation sometimes maybe things aren't getting done properly and you think that you know you can do better, but it's not really your place. Sometimes it's better to not 
interfere because you could put a bad taste in people's mouth when you're starting to act like the boss when you're really not, you know, but, and then keep in mind, like to stay, keep yourself grounded and understand like you have a place and sticking to that place is sometimes very important. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of times, especially for work situations where just, I could say something and sometimes that something would probably even be a better solution. Yeah. But just reading the room and understanding like this is not my place to say this is what I'm going to do or this is what we should do. The people who are in charge are the ones that need to make the stuff. And like granted, I will every now and then vocalize something if it's super important. But I I really hate that too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Not minding your own business and not like again, like you said, staying in your lane. Yeah. It's like keeping away from interfering with situations that you don't need to be a part of, you know? And it's the same thing with friendship. I think I see that a lot. People love to get caught up in the chismis and the drama and stuff. And it's like sometimes it's better just to mind your own business and let your friends like duke it out. Yeah, duke it out. Have their own drama because you get involved, that's just getting more of a sticky situation. And if they try to involve you, sometimes you just be like, you know, I don't want any part of this and that's okay. Yeah, and like I completely respect that because there are times where you just like want to go to a friend for like advice and stuff, yeah. but just be like, hey, like I don't want, I, I'm glad you're coming to me for advice, but I don't want to be in the middle of this. I don't pick sides. Yeah. yeah. I love that because I'd, I'd rather be like, okay, cool. I would respect a friend more if they told me that instead of just being like them trying to play into the drama of it all, you know? Or you're like trying to play both sides. Yeah. I just, just be honest. Be honest with people like that. Yeah. So for my lesson between the yeah, two. Yeah, what'd you get? is don't take every opportunity presented to you to avoid something like responsibility or other important events. Okay. So like in the first half, SpongeBob, again, he got knocked out of his dream. He could have easily just gone back and just minded his own business. Like he kind of like stayed in his lane, but he just didn't want to go back. And he saw other, other ways to avoid what he needed to do, which is basically going back. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a weird way of showing procrastination. Yeah. And I know that there are other times where I've had that situation where I'm like, oh, this this is fun. Like, I'm doing something fun, but I want to do what other people are doing when I should just be doing the fun thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And, like, again, it can even be with, like, stuff that isn't fun where, like, oh, I know I should be doing my chores or, like, cleaning the house, but instead I'm going to, you know, watch 40 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> so, casual. <laughs> super casual. <laughs> Um, and the same thing for the second half is just like SpongeBob had an appointment for the doctor. He was ready to go. He even had a friend to take him to the doctor. It's not like Sandy needed to drive him. He was literally just to keep him company. Yeah. Make sure he doesn't like pass out on the way there, I guess. And again, he just took the first opportunity, which was Patrick to not go to the doctor. Yeah. And again, I, I find procrastination is like a big thing, but just even in a not work sense, there's a lot of ways where people will just take any opportunity presented to them in that moment to avoid something. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really good thing to bring up too. I mean, we see how easily manipulated SpongeBob was to not go to the doctor for really simple things like reading old magazines or like the stethoscope and all this other stuff. A cold stethoscope is nothing. No, nothing compared to like not being able to go to work, right? Which is or his dying. passion. Or dying. Exactly. So I think he just took the first, I think he was already weary about going to the doctor. And like we see, he was already weary about admitting he was sick. So he took the first opportunity to not, like not follow through with that. Exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think again, like we see this week, our lessons kind of little touch a little bit with each other. Touch tips a bit. Yeah, they, they touched. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful, colorful <laughs> way to put it. 
but yeah, like again, this was I found this episode pretty hard to find lessons for, but I feel like the the big lessons we came out with this one actually are very good. Very good. Yeah. I think they and it's still and it's definitely stuff that like I know that I've had to work on too. And that's always good to see is like coming out with lessons that you're like, all right, this pertains to me in this situation and stuff. Gotta relate. Gotta relate. Or what kind of lesson is it if you can't relate to it? Exactly. All right, so that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to send us anything, any suggestions, uh, please visit our website, ismaneasapodcast.com, or email us at ismaneasapodcast at gmail.com. Please leave reviews and comments on iTunes or on Stitcher and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ismaneasapodcast or on Twitter at ismayopodcast. Switch it up there because it's not Ooh. full mayonnaise. Ooh. So be sure you share these with your friends and your enemies and anyone in between and if you're on android again stitcher it's the way to go go for it um yeah so i think that's that's basically it yeah. for, for this week right Josh? yeah i think so thank you guys again we really appreciate yeah. you listening and if you guys are, again any feedback is good feedback oh yeah we love it tell us what you like tell us what you don't like yeah mostly tell us the things you like because that's what we like to hear but either way help us out help our confidence out a little bit we we love it <laughs> um so we're going to do something really special for the end of this one. Um, Josh has, you know, I don't know if a lot of people didn't know this, but Josh used to play clarinet back in the day. So he's going <laughs> to, he's going to play clarinet right now. So, uh, well to play us out, that will, that will be it. Take it away, Josh. <laughs> His music touches me ever. So I fear my tears might stain my petticoat.